This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today, we continue with a series based on the 23rd Psalm called Living in the Goodness of God. In these lessons, you'll discover that God is good all the time, even in life's most difficult circumstances. And you'll experience the hope and favor that spring from God's divine goodness. Before we get started, we want to let you know that very generous friends of the ministry are offering a $100,000 matching grant. That means that every dollar you give right now to help Daily Hope share the hope of Jesus around the world will be matched up to $100,000, making your gift go twice as far. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called Letting God Meet My Needs. We're in a series I started last weekend called Living in the Goodness of God. If you missed that first message, please go listen to it online because it's the foundation of everywhere we're going for the next 10 weeks, that when you don't understand how good God really is, it creates all kinds of problems in your life. We specifically talked about four sources of stress in your life that you don't need when you understand the goodness of God. Now what I wanna do today is we're gonna start verse by verse through the most famous chapter in the entire Bible, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is a perfect picture of the goodness of God, and it shows you the antidote to the nine greatest sources of stress in your life. Today we're gonna look at worry. And specifically, I want you to see why God says you should never have to worry for about anything. And then second, how do you connect with God meeting the needs that are in your life? Now, before we look at that, I wanna just give you three facts about the goodness of God. So why don't you write these down? These are just three fundamental truths you can base your life on. Number one, God is the source of everything I need to live. You don't have to look anywhere else. You don't have to look to Wall Street, you don't have to look to the government, you don't have to look to your spouse or your individual retirement account or your social security or your job. God is the source of everything I need to live. Now, the point I wanna make here is that if you're gonna put your security in something, you need to put it in something that can never be taken from you. Because if you have put your security in something that can be taken from you, you're not secure. You can lose your health. You can lose your job. You can lose your good looks. Some of you already have. <laughs> you, you, can lose, you can lose your family. You can lose your life. You can lose your mind. You can lose all of those things. Don't put your security in anyone or anything. You put your security in something that cannot be taken from you, and that is your relationship to God. Nobody can take that away from you. Now, Psalm 23, verse one, the first verse of this chapter says, the Lord is my shepherd, and then read it with me. I will lack nothing, nothing. That's a place where he says, I will be your security in every area. Now, obviously the first question is, what's a shepherd? And most of you did not grow up on a sheep farm, but shepherds are the people who care for sheep. Now, you probably don't know a lot about sheep, but sheep are incredibly defenseless animals. Uh, they have a lot of natural predators. They're not fast, they can't run, they don't have claws, they don't have teeth with sharp 
incisors that can bite. And on top of that, they're not very smart animals. They're not very intelligent. They fall off cliffs and they get lost and all kinds of things, but they really need a defender. They need a shepherd. Left on its own, a sheep's probably gonna get eaten. And so what does a shepherd do? Well, you might write this down because this is what God wants to do for you. A shepherd feeds, leads, and meets needs. That's what a shepherd does. A shepherd feeds, leads, and meets needs. And God says, I will be your shepherd throughout. I will feed you, I will lead you, and I will meet your needs. Now, your needs are various. Sometimes you need protection. Sometimes you need comfort. Sometimes you need encouragement. Sometimes you need a little discipline. Sometimes you need direction. We're going to look at all the different needs that God has promised to meet in your life. By the way, if you're a parent, listen, if you're a parent, you're a shepherd. Dads, it is your job to feed, lead, and meet needs. Mom, it is your job to feed, lead, and meet needs of those children. So you have a shepherd's role. If you are ever in any management position in a business, in your career, and you have people under you that you are supervising, that you are caring for, that has shepherding capabilities or responsibilities to it. And as a manager, it's your job to feed, information, motivation, things like that. It's your job to lead, and it is your job to meet needs of the people. Uh, as a leader, you serve them, not they serve you. By the way, do you know what the Greek word for shepherd is? Pastor. I am a shepherd. That is my job. It is my job to feed you through this book. It is my job to lead you. It is my job to meet your needs. That's what shepherds do. So if you have any kind of caring capacity where you are over a small group as a leader, you're a shepherd. Or you, are a, you work in some ministry, you're a shepherd. And so the very things that God does with us, feed, lead, and meet needs, um, God wants you to do with other people. Now, the second truth I want you to write down, first, God is the source of everything I need to live. Number two, there is nothing I need that God can't supply. There is nothing that I need, that you need, that God cannot supply. We're gonna look at this in depth, but in Philippians chapter four, it says this, verse 19. God will supply all you'll ever need from his glorious resources in Christ Jesus. If you take a note, you might circle in Christ Jesus. We'll come back to that. God's goodness is not based on your goodness. It's based on his goodness. You don't have to be good for God to be good to you. God is good to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. And number three, third thing I want you to write down is this. God doesn't want me worrying about anything. Nothing, nada, zip, zero. In fact, worry may be the most common sin on the planet. God says, you don't need to worry. I don't want you worrying. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. That's pretty clear. Uh, I looked up that word, don't worry about anything, and it actually means anything. Uh, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. We've talked about this many times. You can pray or you can panic. If you're not praying, you're panicking. You can worry or you can worship. If you're not worshiping, you're worrying. You invite worship in the front door, worry goes out the back door. You invite worry in the front door, worship goes out the back door. 
And so God says, I don't want you worrying about anything. Now why? Why does God not want me worrying about anything? Well, in the famous Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us five reasons why worry is worthless. I'm gonna go through these pretty quickly, and then we're gonna look at what difference it makes in your life. So write these down. Five reasons God says you should never, never, ever, ever worry about anything. Number one, he says worry is unreasonable. It's unreasonable. In other words, it doesn't make sense. It's illogical. It is irrational. It is unreasonable. And the Bible says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, and don't worry about your body or what you'll wear. Your life is far more important than clothes. Now, for some of you, that's a big revelation, but that's true, okay? <laughs> clothes don't make the man or the woman. Um, and so he says, don't worry. Don't worry about these minor issues here. And he's saying that worry is unreasonable. Now, why is worry unreasonable? Let me give you three reasons it's unreasonable. Uh, in the first place, we typically worry about the wrong thing. We worry about the little stuff, how I look, how I appear, what I say, who, I, who I'm talking to, stuff, am I gonna be late for this meeting? Stuff that isn't gonna matter in five years. It's all temporary. If you're really gonna worry, and God says you shouldn't, but if you were gonna worry, worry about things that are eternal, not external. Worry about stuff that's gonna matter in 10 years or 100 years or 1,000 years or for eternity. Don't worry about stuff that's not gonna to matter tomorrow. And yet most of the things we worry about are temporary things, like in the next five minutes, I'm worried about this. And so he says it's unreasonable because you pick the wrong things to be concerned about. The second reason is to worry about something you can change, uh, you, or something you can't change, is useless. If you can't change it, why are you worrying about it? Uh, to worry about something you can change is stupid. So either way, if you can change it, change it. If you can't change it, so what? You, you can't do anything about it. Worry will not change it at all. So he says it's irrational because we think that worry is actually a form of control. We think by, control, by worrying about something, we're actually controlling them. By worrying about your kids who are out late at night, you think you're controlling them. You're not. You're not. It doesn't change anything. And, and every, the third reason why it's irrational, and you've noticed this, is that anytime you worry about something, it keeps getting bigger in your mind. It's not logical, it's irrational. And so if you start worrying about somebody criticizes you, says an unkind word to you, says an off-the-wall comment, it hurts your feelings, and you, you worry about that. What did they mean? They've already forgotten it, and they probably didn't even mean it. It was just some stupid thing they said. But if you keep going over a worry in your mind, it doesn't get smaller. When you worry, it gets bigger. And if you keep thinking about it, pretty soon you think the whole world hates me. No, they don't hate you. No, they don't hate you. That's the irrationality of worry. Worry is unreasonable. Number two, Jesus says you should never worry, not only because it's unreasonable, it's unnatural. Nature does not worry, it's unnatural. Human beings are the only thing in nature. Human beings are the only thing God has created in all the universe that worry. You know, ants don't worry, cows don't worry, plants don't worry, rocks don't worry, horses don't worry. The only thing that worries are human beings in rebellion against God. It's unnatural. You weren't made to worry. 
Now, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us a couple of lessons. He uses a biology lesson and a botany lesson, or plants and, and, uh, and animals. Look at this, verse 26 in Matthew 6. Jesus says, you know, look at the birds. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. They're not worried about, you know, do I have enough to live on? And he said, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than birds? If God takes care of birds, isn't he going to take care of you? And then he says in verse 28 and 29, Matthew 6, why do you worry about your clothes? Go out and look at the flowers. Look at the field lilies. They don't worry about, about how they look, yet King Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed as beautifully as they are. I don't know if you've ever looked at a flower real close, uh, an orchid or a rose or any kind of flower, the intricacy and the design and the detail and the beauty of just an ordinary wild, uh, wildflower. God says, look, they're beautiful the way they are. They don't have to put on makeup. They don't have to get fancy. They don't have to worry about how they appear to everybody else. They're not worried about their appearance. They're just who they are, and it's beautiful. Now, what he's doing here is he's giving us a couple of lessons from nature. He says, okay, let's look at bird watching. If anybody's on God's welfare plan, it's birds. Because birds really don't do anything. What do they contribute to the world? All they do is tweet and poop. <laughs> but, but you do a lot more than that. Birds, are, well, well, I mean, what? I mean, you, can, you don't eat birds. They, they don't provide sustenance for, for you know, human beings. And he says they're, they're on God's welfare system. God just made them because they're beautiful. They're sweet to the, listen to. And he says, look, they're not worried. And aren't you more valuable than the birds? I take care of them. I, I'll take care of you. And then he gives a botany lesson. He says, look at these flowers and how God makes them beautiful just the way they are. You're beautiful just the way you are. So he's saying animals don't worry, plants don't worry, nothing in all creation worries. The only thing I've created that worries, that, that doesn't trust me, are human beings. And he said, all of creation trusts my care except humans. He's saying worry isn't natural. Did you know you weren't born to worry? You weren't made to worry. Now, some of you think, well, I was a born worrier. No, you weren't. Worry is learned. You learned it by watching other people worry. No baby worries. They learn to worry watching other people worry. Now, anything that is learned can be, yeah, unlearned. So you don't have to go the rest of your life being a worry wart, being so uptight, having your stomach in a knot, getting a tight and tense back, having to go get a massage, getting a migraine headache, all these other symptoms of worry. God says, you don't need to worry about that. Worry is unreasonable and worry is unnatural. You have to, by the way, not only do you have to learn it, you have to practice it to get good at it, but some of you are pros at worrying. I mean, you're really good, you're good at worrying, but you can unlearn it. And uh, notice in verse 26 there, he says, your father sees what the birds, he says, your father takes it, it doesn't say the bird's father, it says your father. So you're in a different category. God created everything else, but he made you his child. God is not the father of cows. God is not the father of ants. God is not the father of uh, you know, horses because they weren't made in God's image. You and I are distinctly different from all the other plants and animals because we were made in God's image which gives us the capacity to trust him, to love him. You never see a cow praying. You, know? you never see a doggy going to worship unless you brought him. And uh, he's saying it's not natural. 
He said, God cares for you as a father. Children get special privileges, even more than the other things in creation. Worry is unreasonable. Worry is unnatural. Number three, Jesus says worry is unhelpful. What does he mean by that? It's useless. It doesn't work. Worry is worthless. It doesn't change anything when you worry. Matthew 6, verse 27, Jesus says, Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Worry can't make you an inch taller. Worry can't make you an inch shorter. Can't make you bigger or smaller, thinner or fatter. Worry doesn't work. He says, who of you can change anything? He says, you can't add even a single hour to your life. In fact, worry can shorten your life. If you're worried, well, I may not live long, and if you start worrying about it, the tension, the stress could actually shorten your life. But worry about any problem in your life will never move you one step toward that situation. Worry is worthless. It's stewing without doing. It's investing a lot of emotional energy for something that doesn't gonna do anything. It's like sitting in a rocker, and you can rock back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you expend a lot of energy, but you're not one inch further. You have made no progress at all. Worry cannot change anything. In fact, the only thing worry can change is you. It'll make you miserable, and that's what it does. It won't change that person you're worried about. It'll only change you, make you more miserable. Now, follow me on the logic of this. Worry cannot change anything in your past. It's already done. Your past is past, so why are you worried about it? Worry cannot control your future. No matter how much you think you can, you're not controlling it by worrying about it. So if it can't change the past and it can't control the future, what does it do? Messes up today. It just keeps you messed up today. It keeps you stewing without doing, as I, as I said. It just ruins the present. It saps the strength out of your body. It is not only unreasonable and unnatural, it's unhelpful. Proverbs 12, 25 uh, the Bible says, worry weighs us down. Anybody want to give a testimony about that? Has worry ever weighed you down? Of course it has. And you, get so, you think about so many things that you're worried about, you start to get discouraged. You start to get depressed. You start to get in despair. You see, God tells us that your body was not designed for worry. Remember, it's unnatural. You weren't made to worry. And every time you swallow your worry, your stomach keeps score. Every time you swallow your worry, you say, oh, my aching back. Oh, I got a headache. Oh, my stomach's upset. Why? Because you weren't made to internalize worry. It's unnatural and it's unhelpful. It's actually unhealthful. And it is bad for your health. People who worry don't live as long as other people. People say, well, I'm worried sick. Yes, you are. You, worry, you can worry yourself sick and cause all kinds of problems in your stomach and insomnia and stuff like that. In fact, I'll tell you this. Worry causes more fatigue than work. Worry causes more fatigue than work. You can go to work, put in a full day's work, come home. You're tired, but you're not stressed out. But if you go to work and all day you're worrying, 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 you come home, you're not just tired, you're drop-dead fatigued. Worry wears you out more than work. And yet the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 30, a heart at peace gives life to the body. You wanna be healthier? I mean, really, you wanna be healthier? Stop worrying. You gotta you got learn to trust God. 
Worry is unhelpful. It is unnatural. It is unreasonable. Number four, worry is unnecessary. That's the fourth thing Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. He says worry is unnecessary. Why are you worrying about this? He says there's no need to worry because God has promised to take care of you. The Lord is your shepherd. He feeds, he leads, and he meets needs. And he says there's no need to worry because your heavenly Father will take care of you. You know, when I was a kid, um, if I had any need in my life, I didn't worry about it. I just went to my dad. I said, Dad, I need this, or Mom, I need this. And if I needed money for, to buy something, I'd say, Dad, I need some money to, to buy this. I never once worried about where he was gonna get the money. That was his worry. <laughs> You're worrying about a lot of things that are God's responsibility. Worry is assuming responsibility that God never intended for you to have. Every time you worry, it's a warning light, I'm playing God. I'm acting like God. I'm, I'm a, a, a thinking that it all depends on me, that I don't have a heavenly father, that I don't have a shepherd who will feed and lead and meet my need. So you never worry if you understand that God is your heavenly father and you understand the goodness of God. Thank you so much for listening to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We've got some incredible news to share with you. Very generous friends have given a $100,000 matching grant to this ministry. That means all this month, every dollar you give to help Daily Hope share the transforming love of Jesus with people around the world will be matched up to $100,000. Here's Rick to tell you more. Hi, everybody. You know, as we come to the end of this year, one of the things that worries me the most is that there's still about 3,000 people groups small tribes in the world where there are no Bibles, no believers, and no body of Christ. We call these people the unreached, unengaged people groups, and it's one of the reasons we started Daily Hope, to take the good news to the final frontier. We need to make every effort to reach these people with a Bible, a believer, and a new church. Now, thanks to your support, we're being able to do this. Thanks to your support, we're now broadcasting on radio stations literally uh, not just across America, but all around the world. We're, we're in places like Rwanda and Uganda. We're in places like South Sudan, which has very, very little. Zambia, Korea, things like that. But we're also reaching even more people and more nations through the world with our Daily Hope podcast. Online, it goes literally to the whole world. Now, as we've in this year, I, I want to express to you how much I appreciate your prayer support and your financial support of Daily Hope for this global effort. I can't do it without you. You can't do it without me. And as you consider your year-end giving, I wanna ask you to pray about giving a special gift to Daily Hope. Together, we're partners in going to the final frontier of people who have never heard of Jesus Christ. Now, the good news is this. A generous friend of Daily Hope is offering at the end of the year a matching gift. That's a, that's a challenge gift, which means they will match whatever gift you give. In other words, whatever you give will be doubled because of their matching that gift. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to be very bold. This. Give the biggest gift you can possibly give at the end of the year at this Christmas time. God gives his gift to us. We give our gifts back to him in Thanksgiving and out of Christmas. Uh, we give our gifts to Jesus. It's his birthday. 
And when you do, it will be matched by a donor doubling the impact of your gift. Thanks so much. And we're going to enjoy the end of the holiday seasons and we're going to enjoy the new year together. God bless you. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word daily to 800-600-5004. We'll say thanks by sending you the brand new Daily Hope Prayer Journal. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word daily to 800-600-5004. There are only three days left to have your gift matched up to $100,000 and receive your very special prayer journal thank you gift. So please contact us right away. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.